is that you never become self-sufficient. No. Right. And Jesus says, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if mm-hmm. you capture that in your mind and you recognize that, it's not when I feel weak that I need prayer only, but it's at all times I'm weak without prayer. Hello, this is Pastor John and Pastor Tim, and this is the one and only Every Moment His podcast, the one and only. Coming from beautiful Kearney, Nebraska. Right. Right from the heartland. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful uh, leaves changing. It's harvest time. It is. Some excitement in the air. Yeah. However, I felt like I was living in the Dust Bowl yesterday. All that wind. Yep. Coupled with no rain. I went out to put my plants in the garage and I had to like pick all the dust out of my eyes. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think those, we haven't had a lot of rain here and, and when the wind kicks up, yeah, definitely you can see it flying around. Yeah. So look out. Wouldn't that be just a great, you know, way to top off 2020 is a dust bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Do those still happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I suppose they, they could. If or like a locust flag maybe. Yeah. Like, just a long season of drought and then yeah. a lot of wind. Well, 2020 is almost over. Yeah. Don't, I feel like when we say stuff like that, something bad is going to come. Let's talk about better things. All right. You want to hear a joke? Sure. <laughs> right. Yes, I do. I really okay. want to. Let's hear a joke. Okay. Okay. Jokes are good for, for <laughs> levity, you know, in serious times. But, okay, so what did, what did the sweet potato learn in philosophy class? This is going to be deep, I think. This is a deep thinker Tell for me. potatoes. Yeah. yeah. I think, therefore, I yam. Okay, but wait. Is a yam the same thing as a sweet potato? <laughs> is that it? For, for the purposes of this joke, absolutely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I ever figured that out as a... Uh, yeah, I think it is. Okay. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there's, they're in the same family for sure. They're cousins. I stayed home on that day in school. I know. And we talked about the difference between sweet potatoes and yams. I think, well, <laughs> I don't think there's much of a difference. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll know someday. Somebody out there is going to say, well, actually. If you have the answer, dear there listener. There is a big difference yeah, between. Please uh, write an email to us. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, All right. So we're not talking about sweet potatoes <laughs> or yams today. Uh, sorry to disappoint. That would have been a lively discussion, maybe next time. <laughs> but we are... Uh, <laughs> the philosophy of potatoes, yeah. Yes, deep stuff. What are we going to talk about? Existential. Uh, we're talking about how can I have a better prayer life? And you might be surprised because uh, the sermon was not necessarily about how you can have a better prayer life. The sermon was specifically about how am I saved to serve as a neighbor? Mm-hmm. But uh, Pastor Tim... By the way, great sermon. Thank you. I was sitting there taking diligent notes like I always do when you preach. Uh, just trying to keep up with the confirmation students. It's an honor, know. yeah. Don't yeah. want to ask people to do things that you don't do. True. So I'm taking notes too. And I really focused in on this point uh, about prayer. I think that made a big impression for me. That was my big takeaway was, wow, 
the, the sort of bridge between me being saved and me serving is prayer. Mm-hmm. That's going to take me from, um, from, from just kind of sitting on my hands to doing something is, is being able to pray for those needs around me, specifically those who don't know Christ, who might be my neighbor, my relative, my friend. Uh, I almost said coworker, but we, we work at a, a church, so. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, that really s- made a big impression on me. I found myself really clinging on to that point. I think that was your first point. Mm-hmm that Paul says to the Colossians that they should be steadfast in prayer and that they should be steadfast in prayer within the context of asking for a door to be opened for the gospel, not for Paul's prison door to be opened, but for the door for the gospel to be opened. And so you gave some examples about uh, Jesus arising early in the morning and praying. In fact, that made me think of how Jesus prayed all night Mm-hmm. before he selected the, the apostles. Mm-hmm. And then how Jesus wrestled with God in prayer before he served us on the cross. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wrestled with the will of God and he went from uncertainty to, to really courage and certainty. Right. And so it made me think about how Jesus has borne the greatest cross of all, our sin, so that we might be saved. But Christians in their daily lives bear these smaller crosses as we serve and so we need to be prayerful yeah it reminds me of what uh, the book of philippians says uh when saint paul says i i count everything as loss uh aside from knowing jesus and in his resurrection Mm -hmm. and he says i want to become like him in his sufferings yeah and so there's this sense that you know as christians as we are being conformed to christ and we're also being, he does lay crosses upon us. Yeah. That we get to participate in the mystery of suffering for the sake of the world mm-hmm. to bring the life of God into the world. Yeah, and how prayer really helps us to be able to anticipate and bear those crosses in the strength of, of God, the Holy Spirit, and not our own strength. You know, and that's something we could have gone into a little bit more Maybe if someday we do Save to Serve 2.0, we can talk about the crosses that we bear. I think we touched mm-hmm. on this a little bit, but in each of these places that we serve, we bear a cross. Yeah, right. Sometimes that cross is physical. Sometimes it's emotional or spiritual or it's relational. Sometimes it is one of the conscience. Um, it's all around, yeah. Uh, so the first thing that I wanted to focus on is, you know, we're, we're asking this question, listener, how can you have a more robust prayer life? And, and as we think about this question, I think the first thing we need to address are the excuses of the heart, because mm-hmm. I know that my prayer life is often hindered because of excuses of the heart. So there are some mornings that I will arise and pray, you know, like Jesus did early in the morning before the kids get up and need things. And I usually have a much better day. Hmm or a more focused day, it's easier for me to serve because I focus first on how I'm saved <laughs> by grace. Uh, but there are times when I will wake up and I'll say, wow, I would just love to sleep in a little bit longer. And then I go from zero to 60 parenting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I've got somebody yelling at me because they want pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I'm going to start serving, but 
probably should have prayed first. Yeah. Um, so that's an excuse of the heart. And, I think, and so you know, I want to talk about yeah, that a little bit. I think there's something behind that too. And, and I think part of it's just, we do have, you know, I mentioned in my sermon, like we are in our sinful human nature. We just don't want to be with God. We don't want to align our wills with God. Yeah. So there is a bit of a discipline and a wrestling with that interior. But I think sometimes we can think of prayer as like a supplement, you know, just like Jesus. We think of Jesus as a supplement to our lives. We think of prayer as a supplement to our lives. Like a vitamin. Yeah. But, you know, the way we need to begin to think about it, and this I think is a lifelong lesson, is that you never become self-sufficient. No. Right. And Jesus says, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if Mm -hmm. you capture that in your mind and you recognize that it's not when I feel weak that I need prayer only, but it's at all times I'm weak without prayer. Right. Or at all times I'm nothing without Jesus. If you can really comprehend that, that I'm never going to outgrow my need for Jesus, but as a sinful human destined for the grave, Mm -hmm. um, I need him more and more and more. And the mature Christians, the mature Christian is the one who sees that, right? The mature Christian is not the one who checks all the moral boxes necessarily, but the mature Christian is the one who recognizes their, their incredible dependency on God and just, just accepts that. So it's like trying to think of a good analogy, but it's like, well, it it makes me think of uh, John Kleinig's book, Grace Upon Grace, Hmm where he really kind of lays out what a Lutheran spirituality looks like. And he says that contrary to our normal growth from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, where the goal is to become self-sufficient, Christian growth is backwards. It's, it's a backwards growth where we're moving from self-sufficiency to complete dependency on Christ. So we're kind of growing up backwards. And prayer is a huge part of that because mm-hmm. prayer is really just practical dependence upon God for everything. It's really just faith expressed, trust expressed. Um, so one of these excuses that might come to us is, I don't need to pray, I'm good. Yeah. I, I've, I've had that before where, where I wake up and I think, I'm feeling good today. I'm just gonna- Just go for it. Jump right in. Um, but Luther talks about this in his large catechism. Wonderful, wonderful thing to read by. If you haven't read the large catechism, uh, find out how to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Accost your pastors at church and say, I want a copy of the large catechism. It's so good. Luther talks about uh, prayer in the section on the Lord's Prayer. He says that, you know, God has, number one, commanded you to pray. <laughs> so it's not even a question of, of, do I feel like I need to pray? It's yeah, like, wrong, no. Yeah, wrong question. <laughs> yeah, wrong question. Uh, the sovereign of sovereigns, the God of all things, has told me, his creature and his child, you need to pray. And, and so, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then not only that, he's promised to hear me in Christ. He's bended his ear to me. He's more eager to listen and respond than I am to ask. And so yeah. that's a pretty good reason to pray, even if you don't feel like you need to pray. Well, and I think sometimes you can think that, uh, okay, I'm going to pray, but it's going to be a waste of my time. Yeah, I got stuff to do, man. Yeah, I'm busy yeah. today. I'll pray mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, but what I find is it's never a waste of my time. It's never, I think Luther, you know, he's got so many good quotes, but he said, when he has a busy day, he rises to pray one hour. When he has an impossible day, he rises to pray two hours. 
Yeah. Because he's just trying to point out that the, m- the more difficult life is, the more reality you, you mm-hmm. just need something beyond yourself. Yeah. So I think there's a, a getting in touch with your humility and your humanity that mm-hmm. will cause you to say, oh, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I understand my, my true human nature, then I understand my need for God more. Well, and, and also Luther points out in the large catechism that we have an enemy who never takes a break. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a quote on the uh, petition of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Luther says this. He says, accordingly, we Christians must be armed and expect every day to be under continuous attack. Then we will not go about securely and heedlessly as if the devil were far from us, but will at all times expect his blows and fend them off. Even if at presence I am chaste, patient, kind, and firm in faith, the devil is likely at this very hour to send an arrow into my heart that I can scarcely endure. For he is an enemy who never lets up or becomes weary. When one attack ceases, new ones always arise. I mean, this is like the whack-a-mole game, right? Where you, you hit one of those little moles and then another one comes up. Yeah. We're just constantly tempted. And I'm not talking about necessarily just crass temptations of the flesh. I'm yeah. talking about like temptations in our thinking, like uh, I'm worthless, you know, mm, or yeah, yeah. like just temptations to despair or temptations to not trust God or to think that I don't need to pray. I mean, there's so many things going on, so many battles and I think that sometimes we're not even aware of the battle going on in us. And so we easily surrender and prayer makes us vigilant. It, it makes yeah. us ready. Which is, which is what um, this passage in Colossians says. It says, be steadfast in prayer, being watchful in it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me think as you're talking about, um, you know, the difference between scanning the horizon with your eyes or looking at a radar. It's like, you don't see what's in the skies coming your way. You just don't have that vision, but y- the radar can see the stealth bomber coming your way. Yeah, right. Or, mm-hmm. well, maybe not the stealth bomber. <laughs> but the radar can see that long-range threat that yeah, isn't, right. you cannot see. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, in prayer, we're given the vision of God, which maybe will bring into heart and into mind a threat that we weren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um for sure. What about this? Let's talk about this excuse of the heart. Uh, I have everything I need. I mean, I've got money in the bank. The kids are healthy. Nobody's got COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well I employed. Mean, well employed. Mm-hmm. Things are going great. Got my so truck. Got my truck. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit like a second class citizen in Nebraska <laughs> because I don't have a truck. Let me just yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Acknowledge it. You got a Ford Focus, and I've yeah, got a Mazda yeah. three hatchback. I kind of feel a little inferior. Just when I go on dirt roads, I feel like I just don't fit in. Or if we go shoot, you know, clay pigeons. Yeah. You show up, and you're like, "Hey guys, let me just pop my hatchback <laughs> to get my shotgun out." Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, that's anyway, our that's our problem. <laughs> that's our problem. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, gosh, maybe I don't have everything I need. Right. <laughs> it better, yeah. Better start praying about that, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, 
let's think more about our needs. And if you want to do like a needs assessment, the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. that's like God's top things to pray about. I think that most of our prayers are usually daily bread prayers. God, keep us safe and happy and healthy. Protect Amen. us. Yeah. 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 And those aren't bad prayers, but I mean... It's just one segment of the Lord's Prayer. Exactly. Because whatever you pray about is what you care about the most. Well, and I think the Lord's Prayer is such a beautiful template for our prayers because it points out, what are some things you could be praying about? One thing is just thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, you know, Pete Katsiopoulos, if you ever hear him pray, he always blesses God in his prayers. I think that's just so cool. Um, that he, whenever he prays, he says, bless you, God. Because one of the things we're doing with our prayers is just speaking to him, and it's a dialogue. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so thanksgiving, hallowed be thy name, uh, lifting up the name of God mm-hmm. is a priority. So even if we don't pray anything for ourselves, we would pray that the name of the true God who created the heavens and the earth would be honored. And that's yeah. worthwhile for your time. And, and, you know, I've even heard that prayer is not so much asking for things. It's also kind of getting on God's agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why there's such a close connection between reading the scriptures and praying, because you're, you're hearing the voice of God in the scripture, and then you're submitting to God's will and faith. Um, and so as a Christian, in a sense, you do always have everything you need mm. because we have all things in Christ. But on the other hand, in our experience, like we never have enough faith. We never have enough love. We never have enough patience. Or look around at the needs. I mean, is there still injustice in the world? Are your neighbors still struggling with something? Um, Are your kids still growing in their faith and needing to grow Mm. more? Are there people that you know that don't know Christ? I mean, there's so many needs around us. I mean, if we really took a tally of all the needs around us, we would be praying hours and hours. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah um, I don't think we can use that excuse that we have everything that we need. Well, and it's also, if you're praying, if you're thinking that way, um, it's also pretty self-centered, you mm-hmm. know, and that's very typical for, for us as humans. But, well, the question really is, what is, yeah, what does God want? What is his will? You know, and we pray for that. And one of the things that I find helpful is, when we pray, you know, and this was kind of what the sermon direction went, we pray that God would open up those doors. Yeah. And we maybe don't have the ability to save all of Kearney or all of the city we live in. Right. But we do have the ability to save with our interactions and bringing the gospel, those people who are a hundred feet from our house. Yeah. You know, in any direction. Well, Mm -hmm. that's, that's in your zone. That's in your proximity. And God, his will is going to happen. But we ask that his will would happen among us. Yeah, I really liked your question about what would it feel like to pray for somebody's salvation on the regular? Yeah. Because you were kind of inviting us into the experience of even our imagination of, first of all, knowing that there are outsiders and being able to identify them praying that they would become insiders, praying for open doors, doesn't that maybe change the way that you interact with that person? Because now when you interact with that person you've been praying for, you're going to look for the opportunity mm-hmm. and maybe be more ready for the open door. And you'll, you'll kind of have that settled confidence of, you know, I've been praying for this person regularly. 
so when the doors open, you can be able to spot it and walk through it right. more readily. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like prayer um, opens up your mind to possibilities you never would have seen yeah. to pursue God's will. Yeah. Um, and it maybe even open up, opens up the opportunity itself that wouldn't have been there without prayer. Exactly. So, for example, for me, one of the things that, that I believe the Lord has been teaching me lately about prayer is that prayer helps me to be able to see people through the eyes of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to look at my kids and, and my wife and the church I serve and my neighbors the way that Jesus would look at them with his intentions and purposes and love and not simply just a human approach. Yeah, um, That's powerful and, and is more and more becoming part of my discipline. It just changes the way that I interact with people. Yeah, I feel the same way, especially with my kids. Like yeah. I feel that when I'm praying to God, um, regularly for them and with them even, I just feel a greater sense of heart patience. Yeah. You know, like it's not so much about getting, getting them into bed, you know, yeah, right. but rather it's about um, how do I cultivate this kid's mind and heart? Because if you remember what it's like to be a kid, like yeah. it's not as cut and dry as we adults think, you know. It, it's almost like prayer fosters empathy. Yeah. Because like, you know, if your child has kind of a meltdown experience where they're just, they're losing it because of this thing that looks really insignificant to you, but is mm-hmm. really big in their world mm-hmm. and you've kind of ruined their life for five <laughs> minutes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <just> <laughs> one of my, my daughter, Bria, Brianna has this thing that she says sometimes if, if she's, been a little grumpy she says worst day of my life (laughs) (laughs) such a teenager thing to say (laughs) she might be accurate maybe but in her little world maybe it is the worst day of her life because she had to put her legos away and go to bed but anyways um like from a purely human perspective as a parent you know my goal is like i need to get you to bed (laughs) because i want to relax and go to bed too but from a spiritual point of view, as this child is maybe having a meltdown, to have some empathy for them because, like, this person's a sinner just like me, and, and I have my own meltdowns, right, in, in adult ways. Yeah. And, and there are times when I feel like my world is worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and God has so much compassion and empathy for me. So when I've been prayerful in my relationship with my kids, mm. I can say, I see you through the eyes of Jesus. You're a broken sinner just like me. Struggling. And God is, has called you into this process of making you more like Jesus. And so, okay, <laughs> got just a little more a step patience. back. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And they, they really react to that. They do, they do, yeah. So let's talk about some strategies. Okay, so, well, we talked about the, over, the excuses, right? We have excuses of our heart. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need to pray. I'm good, I'm sufficient, or I have everything that I need. And we kind of shot those down. There really aren't good excuses there for Christians. It happens, but let's see the reality. And then, yep. yeah, what are some strategies we can use to, to jettison us into, into regular action? Well, and honestly, this could be a whole entire episode or two or three because, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many different strategies that we can use. And I kind of like to think about what has been handed down to me from the church. Because the church has been praying, and when I say church, I mean the church historic, going back 2,000 years of every all the nation, tribe, yeah. and tongue, all the saints. Um, 
the church has been praying for ages before I ever tried to pray. And so there are some resources that Christians have used on the regular that are helpful. And one of those is the Psalms. Jesus prayed the Psalms. The apostles prayed the Psalms. David wrote and prayed many of the Psalms. They are the prayer book of God's church. And sometimes we'll pray them and we'll identify with them. Like, God, have mercy on me. Help me. Show me the way to go. Other times we won't necessarily, but we're still praying for the church. Mm -hmm. So the Psalms are are really big. And then also, um, you know, for me, I've been, a lot of times I'll crack my hymnal. Uh, By the way, if you don't have a hymnal, get one. Yeah. Uh, The Lutheran service book, there's a whole bunch of prayers in there. And I kind of like will pray one of those, like a prayer for, for our enemies or for the persecuted Christians. And then I'll use that as a springboard to pray out of my own heart. But Mm -hmm. I really like this idea of the church kind of giving me like a format to pray. Uh, And there's a lot of uh, topics. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of those resources in the hymnal. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, I think when you read the scriptures, you know, if you have in mind a devotional mindset rather than sometimes we read the scriptures as like a to do, like or information. Yeah, and that's not all bad. You know, sometimes there's something to that just discipline, grind through. Yeah. You, you made it through Leviticus, you're, you know. You're and tracing the, yeah. the mission, missionary journeys of, of Paul. Right. Yeah. And there's something about that just getting the information flowing mm-hmm. that is useful. But I think, you know, Scripture is meant to be prayed. And a, yes, that's, I think, one of the best examples of just, let's try this. If you're having a, a hard time praying, you don't know where to start, just read read it one passage yeah meditate on the words and then begin to respond to god what can you thank him for in this what can you confess to him and then what can you ask that he would he would give you grace to get on board with his agenda yeah so for example that text that you preached uh let's even take one little verse so uh walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of the time so in that simple verse, I can say, okay, well, I know that God wants me to <laughs> walk in wisdom toward outsiders. That's going to lead to some, some reflection on what opportunities I have in my workplace or neighborhood. And that can move me to maybe confess my sins, to say, mm-hmm. God, I've, I haven't made the best use of that time. I haven't represented you well towards outsiders. Please forgive me for my Facebook post or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then from there <laughs> to say, uh, Lord, create these opportunities. Yeah. Help me to walk in wisdom. I need your help. Yeah. And then... Give me the discipline to, to plan a night for my neighbors to come over. Yeah. And maybe that, discipline. that might even... Well, first of all, that's prayer that leads to action, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then even... Lord, I'm going to pray for these people who I can identify as outsiders. And so every time you read the scripture, you have all kinds of material for prayer. Uh, and in fact, if you've noticed in our new bulletin format, there's some space there to meditate on, on the sermon, what you learned. But then there's also some, some prayer connections. God, I thank you that. God, please help me with. God, I'm sorry that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're trying to do is to invite you to take the sermon and pray the sermon. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
Um, good. So those are good. Any, any other strategies that we might use? Uh, I use an app on my phone. I've referenced this before, but it's the Pray Now app put out by Concordia Publishing House. If you just look up Pray Now, you'll find it. It's like $8.99, but it gives you a psalm reading to pray, and then it gives you Old Testament, New Testament, and then a writing from a theologian like Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a prayer to pray. And there's lots of other prayer resources in it, like daily prayers and things like that. But what I like is that, you know, it's not overwhelming. I did my reading this morning before I got out of bed. It took me maybe 15 minutes at the most, 10 minutes maybe. And uh, really helpful. Cool. I might have to download that. <laughs> I don't have a good app. It's basically the, the treasury of, of prayer, of that booklet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in digital format, so. Cool. Also, I think praying with others is, and this is something I appreciate about you, Pastor Tim, is sometimes during the day in the office, you know, we're in the grind of working and preparing for Bible class or sermons, and and sometimes you'll knock on my door and say, hey, you wanna pray? Mm -hmm. And so we'll break out the hymnal and we'll go through one of the daily orders of prayer. We'll say a psalm together, we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together, we'll uh, confess the Apostles' Creed, and then we'll throw out maybe two or three prayers each. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of a nice, refreshing thing. So you can do that with your kids. You can do that with your spouse. You can do that with a friend. You can do that on your lunch break. Yeah, it's a bit of a dis... Or you have to get used to that ask, I think, a little bit to say, hey, you know, we're both Christians, right? We can, we can pray together. We can pray together. Yeah, and that's not a, that's not a strange thing. It's, it's not like, a weird thing. Yeah, Christians do that. So. Like, and what I've found is Christians love to pray. They maybe just don't have the, the um, initiative to do it, but they, they'll definitely pray with you. One more thing I'll add as a final strategy is the morning, noon, evening strategy. I find this is helpful that when I wake up in the morning, there's not always a lot of time before you know the kids are asking for pancakes. <laughs> and uh, uh, f- five to ten minutes, read a psalm, just ask for God's blessing on the day, just just to spend some time praying. And then maybe on your lunch break, just to, to break out the Bible for five or 10 minutes and then to close out in the evening. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good rhythm. Yeah, keep keep it simple. Yeah, have something available, have a Bible near your, your table or something that you can just grab and yep. read. I think Psalms are pretty easy to just read. Yeah. You don't even have to reflect on it, just hear it. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're in a rush. All right. So let's do some closing encouragements uh, for our listeners because, and and this first one is really important is, you know, prayer is not always going to be easy. Right. (laughs) Sometimes we have this over-spiritualized view of prayer. We're like, oh, every time I pray, I just got to get all the feels. Right. Just got to feel the presence of Jesus. Well, you know, sometimes when you pray, you don't. Yeah. And it's, yeah. If you read the Psalms too, you'll see, David prays and he is mad a he lot mad. of times. He's yeah. mad at God. Right? Mad at God. And his circumstances, how long are you going to let the wicked triumph over me? You know, yeah. like, uh, so I think prayer takes on, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Um, it is a discipline. You're not always going to feel like you're getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, sometimes I exercise and I'm like, oh man, that was good. Other times I'm like, struggle bus, man. Yeah. I'm pulling a piano. <laughs> struggle bus. Not great. Yeah, 
good. So it's not, so just know that, know that yeah. going into it, it's going to be a lot like exercise. Yeah. Um, but you eat your vegetables sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I think what else we could say when you, when you do pray, you are going to be on board with God's agenda. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is going to be saying, God, I commit myself into your hands today, your plans, your mind, and allow me to be involved in your kingdom and not to waste my day, right? So it'll focus your day uh, on the things of the Lord rather than just earthly things. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, think about what God's asking you to do. Because sometimes in my prayers, I get kind of rote in them. It's another thing to check off the, uh, the, the box for the day. But I am sometimes astounded when I step back and I think, okay, let's think about this. The creator of the universe who owes me nothing and who I have sinned against has graciously saved me and invited me to come and mm -hmm. sit in his lap and ask for things. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. I'm going to make time for that. If prayer is just a duty, then I'm going to do yeah. it with drudgery. But if right. it's something that, that God has in tenderness and grace said, come talk to me. Yeah. Let's spend time together. Exactly. And to think, yeah, to ground that in that relationship, it's like God has loved you with, it, with an everlasting love. Yeah. So spend some time with him. It, right. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth your time. <laughs> yeah. Might, it might be difficult to get into that, but well, and sometimes, honestly, I think that sometimes we avoid prayer because if we come to God in prayer, we're going to have to acknowledge maybe some things that we haven't really talked to God about that, w that we probably mm -hmm. should. You know, sometimes our conscience will keep us from praying. Like, God, I know this area of my life is not pleasing to you. This relationship's not pleasing to you. This thing I'm doing is not pleasing. And so, like, I don't really want to come to you because then we have to talk about that. Yeah. And I don't really want yeah. to. It, well, it's just like a, a human relationship, right? Yeah. It's like if I, if I, uh, you know, talk behind someone's back and they f found out, yeah. I'm not really going to want to go see him because it, yeah. it brings up all that reality that I'm not such a great person. But, but just to know that, man, God, he wants to show compassion to you. He yeah. wants to, he's already made the relationship right through Christ. Mm -hmm. and so just mm -hmm. come and confess your sins. And if you're like, I always think of the, the St. Augustine prayer. St. Augustine was kind of a, I don't know what you'd describe him as before his conversion, but philanderer he was a philanderer <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh dirtbag yeah <laughs> <Maybe>. he, <laughs> he was not a great guy no and and uh and he had this prayer god make me chaste but not just yet right <laughs> in, in other words god i know that i should stop sleeping around but um can we wait for a little bit totally um his prayers are pretty honest like god mm -hmm. i'm just really struggling like i don't want to give up this habit you know, let's say that you have an addiction that you're struggling with, like go and talk to God about it. Admit to God that you don't want to stop. Mm -hmm. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Admit to him that you're powerless, that you can't come yeah. out of this on your own. It's, well, I mean, there's a reason that uh, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit or, ac or actually Isaiah calls Jesus wonderful counselor. Yeah. Uh, Jesus does call the Holy Spirit the counselor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's not shocked. He already knows. Yeah, and I do think of like the prodigal son. 
Mm. What happens when the prodigal son turns toward the father, right? The father runs to him. Right. Runs yeah. to him. So, yeah. So that is about it for uh, this episode, but I'm going to leave our listeners with a challenge. Okay. So the challenge is this week, locate, identify, find somebody in your church that you would be comfortable asking, can we pray together? Wouldn't it be cool if everybody in this church knew somebody else in this church that they could pray with? Um, and, and, and let us know. I'd love to hear yeah, if you found if that, that happened. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's the person who sits behind you in church. Maybe it's a, somebody in your life group. Yeah, elder in the church. Or yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, God's peace be with everyone who's listening and uh, dive into your prayers. Amen.